This is the Orville Christian Church Podcast. Each week, you'll find content that helps you take your next step closer to Jesus. Join us online at orville.church slash live. If you could ask God for one thing and you knew he would give it to you, what would you ask for? Uh, Back in the Old Testament of the Bible, this actually happened. In fact, God himself appeared to a king named Solomon in a dream. And here's what God said. He said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Wow. If, If God appeared to you and said that, what would you ask for? Would you ask for a long life? How about wealth or power or maybe a Disney vacation or maybe a Brown Super Bowl victory? Yeah, that would, that would definitely uh, take an act of God, wouldn't it? But it reminds me of a, of a woman who was walking along a California beach. She was deep in prayer when suddenly she cried out, Lord, grant me one wish. God replied, because you've tried to be faithful, I will grant you one wish. Well, the woman didn't hesitate. She said, Lord, build a bridge to Hawaii so I can drive over anytime I want. The Lord answered, well, your request is quite materialistic. I mean, think, think of the logistics of that kind of undertaking, the supports, the concrete, the steel it would take. I can do it but, it, but it's hard for me to justify. Why don't you take more time to think of another wish? Well, the woman thought for a long time and finally said, Lord, I've never been able to find the perfect man. You know, one that's considerate and fun, uh, likes to cook and does house cleaning, gets along with my family, doesn't watch sports all the time, and will make me feel like I'm the center of his universe. That's all I want, Lord, a good man. Well, after a few minutes, God said, how many lanes you want on that bridge? (laughs) Well, unfortunately for you and our staff, I'll be here all week, okay? But God says to Solomon, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And what did Solomon ask for? Did he ask for wealth or possessions? How about honor or prestige? What about the power to defeat his enemies? That would come in handy. Or how about a long life? No, Solomon didn't ask for any of these things. Instead, he asked for something far more significant. In fact, it's what all of us must have as we continue our series today, An Open Door. Over the last two Sundays, we've heard and we've learned that evangelism is a process. This this idea of sharing Jesus with others, it's a process, and it starts with prayer. I, I so much appreciated Jesse's message last Sunday. Relentless prayer opens doors. As we spend more time praying, and I hope you're praying for people, that God would open a door, But as we spend more time praying, we begin to see more doors open. There was a lady in the last church I served that was a prayer warrior, and she was one of our best evangelists. I asked her one time what her secret was, and she told me that all she did was pray. That's it. Now, I know she did more than just pray, but but that's where her focus was. She was relentless in praying for those in her circle who were far from God. And when God opened a door, she would step through that door and serve them or have a spiritual conversation or share an invite to attend one of our worship services. In fact, there was a couple that started coming to the church in response to her invitation and she just continued to pray. 
And eventually, after many months, this couple accepted Christ. Friends, I think that's how it works more often than not. And prayer is where the real work is done because as we pray, God opens doors. Now I know some of you have been praying for years for a loved one or a friend that you're really close to and you've been praying that God would open a door, that they would come to the Lord but they haven't yet. And the door, it seems to be closed. I want to encourage you to keep praying, keep knocking, keep trusting that today might be the day that the door opens. And when it does, we need to make the most of that opportunity. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the Bible passage we've been looking at over the last couple weeks. It's found in Colossians chapter 4, if you want to turn there. I want us to read it together. Uh, The scripture is going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read what is in the white letters, and I'd like you to read what is in yellow, okay? So I'll read what is in white. If you could read what is in yellow, that would help me out a lot. Let's go ahead and stand today for the reading of God's word. Would you do that? Stand with me. Here we go. Let's try this. Devote yourselves to Good. You're much more expressive than last service. Good job. Here we go. Let's keep it going. Devote yourselves to being watchful and thankful and for us too, that God may for our message so that we may the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, Paul says, that I may it clearly as I should be in the way you toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to everyone. Good job. Thanks so much for your help. You can be seated. In this passage we just read, there are two commands. The first is, devote yourselves to prayer. We've talked about that. We must keep prayer front and center. Devote yourselves to prayer. But the second command is, be wise. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. I kind of left you hanging a few minutes ago, but this is the one thing Solomon asked God for. Wisdom. Wisdom as king, as the king of Israel, to lead the people well. And if there's one thing we need to lead the people in our circle to Jesus... Man, it's wisdom. The word translated wise here is the Greek word Sophia. Anybody have that name, Sophia? Anybody, any Sophias here? You're Sophia? Good. It means wisdom. You probably knew that. But I like the King James version of this verse. It says, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. That those inside the church... We are to conduct ourselves with wisdom as we live with those outside the church, people who do not know Christ yet. Because here's the danger if you're a Christian. The danger is you can become resentful and cantankerous in a world that's hostile toward Christianity. For instance, how should we respond when we disagree with something, maybe like a president's agenda or civil unrest, 
Should we take to social media and post an angry rant? What does wise living look like when there's a political party we do not agree with or someone's lifestyle we do not affirm? And these are not easy issues to navigate. Not only can they divide Christians, but if we're not careful, they can also damage our relationships and damage our rapport with a world that needs Jesus. That's why we've got to walk in wisdom. This word wisdom is an interesting word. It not only has to do with knowledge, it's also about practice. Wisdom is not just what we know, it's what we know put into action. To put it another way, wisdom is the skill of living. I like that. Wisdom is the skill of living. Do you know people that are just good at life? They're wise. Well, here in Colossians 4, the apostle Paul is urging the church to interact with the unbelieving world around them in a God-honoring, skillful way that shows up in the way they act and also in the way they talk. There's a wisdom. There's some skills we need when it comes to our actions and our conversations. I remember when I was in high school, I wanted to learn how to juggle. I just thought it was cool, and I, I wanted to learn how to do it. Now, this was before YouTube, okay? Where you could just get online and watch a video on how to juggle. I probably could have gone to the local library and gotten a book or a VHS tape, <laughs> right? To watch that, to learn how to juggle. But I remember, I remember spending hours trying to figure out how to juggle on my own. I started juggling two balls with one hand, all right, because I thought if I could, wow, that's really not all that impressive, but <laughs> keep coming, keep clapping. So I thought if I could do that, Ooh, I could do three, all right? Now, it, it takes some hand-eye coordination to do that, right? But one thing I learned is, is it's amazing what you can train yourself to do. And I think if there's one skill, not, not juggling, but one skill we should be chasing after, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's the skill of leading someone to Jesus. Now, you may feel like there's no way you could ever do that. But, but I want you to hear something today. By God's grace, you can make disciples. You can be an effective witness for Christ. You can share the gospel. I want you to turn to the person next to you right now and say, you can do this. Go ahead. You can do this. Now, turn to them again and say, yes, even you. Yeah, even you. But here's the deal, folks. We've got to walk in wisdom. So how do we do that? Well, Paul tells us here in our text. First, he says, wisdom makes the most of every opportunity. This is the idea of buying up time. Some translations say redeeming the time. The word for time here is kairos. Kairos refers to a strategic point of time. 
Not just time in general. It's a specific period of opportunity which when it passes is gone forever. I thought it was cool that the word opportunity comes from the Latin and means toward the port. It suggests a ship taking advantage or making the most of the wind and tide to arrive safely in the harbor. And likewise, Paul tells followers of Jesus to buy up, take advantage, make the most of every opportunity God gives us to share Christ because those opportunities may not come again. I like what David Garland in his commentary on Colossians writes. He says, we must blend wisdom with a sense of reckless urgency that exhausts every opportunity to reach unbelievers. One one of my mentors, John Caldwell, wrote a book on evangelism and he has a whole page of different life events that caused people to be more receptive to the gospel. And there was some research done around this. But the number one life event is the death of a spouse. And some of you have experienced that in the last year. What an extremely difficult time. Last year, as part of our pastoral care ministry, which is led by our associate minister, Tom Ledford, we started a ministry called Grief Share. And one of the reasons we started this ministry is because we see it as an opportunity to care for people that have lost loved ones and also in the midst of that, to show and share the message of Christ. Now, some of you live out in the country where you really don't have next door neighbors, at least that are close to your home, but but others of us uh, live in neighborhoods where our homes are close to others. And with the weather changing outside, A great way to redeem the time is to spend it outdoors. Now, this happens naturally this time of year, right? There there are many things to do outside, like picking up umpteen sticks. My daughters were outside yesterday picking up the umpteen sticks in our yard. But guess what? Many of your neighbors are doing the same thing. And what an opportunity to connect with our neighbors this time of year, to have conversations to listen to their stories, to even serve them. You know, Love Week is coming up the week after Easter. Maybe you and your family could do something for one of your neighbors. Maybe you could go and pick up sticks in their yard. Maybe you could deliver some spring flowers to brighten up their day. Maybe you could wash their windows. But it's as if God created this season kind of a kairos moment for us to be outside and interacting with our neighbors as we pray for open doors. And then as Jonathan already mentioned, Easter is just two weeks away. We have this moment in time, this specific opportunity every year. If there's one time besides Christmas that provides an open door, this is it. Walk in wisdom. Now, there are two other words in Colossians 4 that I want to highlight. The word act and the word conversation. Do you see those? And so number two, wisdom not only makes the most of every opportunity, but wisdom lives a consistent godly life. See, it can't be something that's here one day and gone the next. 
And sure, all of us mess up at times, but our faith needs to be lived out in such a way that it's the real deal. Heard of a story about Dr. William Henry Houghton. He was a pastor and then served as president of Chicago's Moody Bible Institute until his death in 1946. But when Dr. Houghton became a pastor in Atlanta, a man in that city hired a private detective to follow Dr. Houghton and report on his conduct. Can you imagine that? What if somebody hired a private detective to check out your life? Well, after a few weeks, the detective was able to report to this man that Dr. Houghton's life matched his preaching. And as a result, the story goes, that man became a Christian. Friends, how we live our lives in front of a watching world is huge. And if you're not a believer today, if you're not a follower of Christ, maybe one of the hurdles, like we had up here in the first week, maybe one of the hurdles for you to come to faith is a bad experience that you've had, maybe with the church or with a Christian. And I just wanna say, I'm sorry. Sometimes we blow it. We do things and we say things that are not wise and that push people away. And so please forgive us. Our intention is to help you take your next step toward Jesus. Friends, we gotta walk in wisdom. And if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Christ, Let's not deceive ourselves into thinking that we can just live this incredibly godly and holy life, which is important, but let's not deceive ourselves into thinking that we can just live this godly and holy life, and through that, people are, are going to fall on their knees in repentance and accept Christ. No, that's, that's not how it works. See, at some point, we've got to open our mouth and speak. At some point, we've got to give a verbal witness. At some point, we've got to share the hope found in Christ. If you go back to Colossians 4, verses two through six, this was really Paul's goal. The word proclaim appears twice in that text. Paul's ultimate goal was to proclaim the message of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, consequently, faith, faith in Christ, comes from what? Comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. You see, the good news of Jesus, the gospel, it must be shared. But you know, it's important that we share it in a wise manner. Because if we're not careful, we can make a mess of things with our tongue. We need, we need to pray like the psalmist. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And so third, wisdom shares the gospel in a winsome way. And Paul talks about this in verse six. He says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer or respond to everyone. First he says, be gracious. See, the gospel is all about grace, right? And so if someone is living a certain way that we disagree with, 
that is opposed to the Bible, we might be tempted to set them straight, but wisdom doesn't speak in a condescending or condemning way. It's kind and humble. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're all sinners in need of God's grace. Let your conversation be full of grace. Next, be interesting. Let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Of course, Paul doesn't mean to use salty language, okay? Not an excuse to do that. But salt had two main uses in Paul's day. It was used as a preservative to keep things from spoiling. So our speech should be pure and free from corruption. But also, salt was used as a spice, like today, to make food more tasty. And so our speech, particularly when it comes to sharing Jesus, should stimulate people's taste to want more and to keep the conversation going. Be gracious, be interesting. And then third, Paul says, be prepared. Know how to respond to each person's needs and questions. You know, since we live in an ever-increasing hostile context, we need to have answers ready for those who challenge us or are curious about our faith. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to what? Give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but, and this is so important, do this with gentleness and respect. Now, no one knows all the answers, but we need to do all we can to be ready to be prepared, to tell people not only what we believe, but why we believe it. And this is super important, we need to be able to handle the word of God in such a way that we can point people to scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in their hearts. One of the Bible verses I like to share when I have an opportunity to talk with someone is Romans 6.23. I want you to say it with me from the screen. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That right there in one verse is the gospel. That all of us have sinned, we've all disobeyed God in some way, and the result of that is death, separation from God. That's what we deserve. But fortunately, the verse doesn't end there. The good news is, God gave us a gift, something we could never earn or deserve on our own, and that gift is eternal life in heaven. You see, Jesus paid the penalty of death that we deserved. He did it on the cross, and, and through his sacrifice, we can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. If you're here in person or watching online and you, you've never accepted this gift of salvation that God offers, you can do that today. We, we'd invite you to text the word chat to the number that's gonna be coming up on the screen or if you're here in person, you can drop by our next step area on your way out. We would love to visit with you and talk with you. Friends, the message today is simply walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Learn to live in such a way 
that as you pray for an open door and you walk through the doors that God opens, you'll do it at just the right time and in just the right way, the way of wisdom. Let's pray together. Father, we need your help so much as you have sent us to be your hands and feet, but also your mouthpiece in this world. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom, wisdom to make the most of every opportunity that you give us, to redeem the time. Father, that you give us wisdom when it comes to our actions, when it comes to our speech. Oh, Father, we want to be a light. We want to be that salt that creates a thirst in people for you. And so, God, help us this week to walk in that wisdom that you want us to walk. And Father, right now in these moments, help us to respond. Help us to take our next step toward you in these moments as we think about what you're saying to us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.